Ben Shapiro here, and you're about to listen to the audio-only version of Debunked, my newest series where I dismantle and debunk a common leftist myth each episode in 15 minutes or less. If you like what you hear, head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe, use promo code Debunked for 20% off, and become a member today. This is the only way to get the full experience. The show has a documentary feel with amazing visuals to help guide you through a plethora of stats and facts, and you can binge the entire first season right now on The Daily Wire. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use promo code debunked for 20% off. We here at The Daily Wire, we're sort of an underdog business story. We literally got started in a pool house, and then we built this company up to almost 200 employees. So I love underdog business stories. So I want to share with you a new podcast, True Underdog, recently launched by four-time Entrepreneur of the Year award winner, Jason Waller. It's real, it's raw, and it's motivational. If you're looking for inspiring stories and killer entrepreneurship advice, you have to head over and subscribe to the True Underdog podcast. Jason Waller is the definition of a true underdog who's raised in a trailer park, suffered childhood abuse, was kicked out of high school, became a dad in his teens. After struggling to care for his young family and hearing the words no and you can't too many times, Jason found the power within. He used his street smarts to start three companies from the ground up with his latest venture, Power Home Solar, on the path to becoming a billion-dollar enterprise. And it can be really motivating to hear stories of how people built businesses and maybe make you think a little bit about what you would do to build your own. Head on over to True Underdog Podcast to hear how Jason and his high-profile guests turned their lives around to achieve massive success. Subscribe to True Underdog Podcast on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or your favorite podcast app. Gracing my tuchus right now are the greatest pair of underwear ever. I'm talking about Tommy John underwear. They really are that good. They're so good. Once I bought Tommy John, I never went back to any other underwear. I threw all the rest out. With dozens of comfort innovations, like breathable, lightweight, moisture-wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands, once you try Tommy John underwear, you're not going back. It's so good. That's why Tommy John doesn't just have customers. They have fanatics. It's the reason why I took literally all the other pairs of underwear I had in my drawer, and I threw them out, and I only have Tommy John. Hundreds of thousands of their customers, who after 13 years and tens of thousands of five-star reviews, call Tommy John the most comfortable underwear ever. They lined the pages. With over 15 million pairs sold, men across America love Tommy John underwear. No one keeps you cool this summer like Tommy John. In fact, if your Tommy John underwear isn't the best pair you've ever worn, you get your money back. No questions asked. Again, I love my Tommy John underwear. I actually went and I bought a bunch of extra pairs and I got rid of all the other underwear I own. They are that comfortable. Right now, get 20% off your first order at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Go to TommyJohn.com slash Ben for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash Ben. See site for details. It feels like America's major cities are falling apart. And that's because, in large part, they are. Rising rents are driving up homelessness in counties across the state. When rents go up, tents go up. Will those who have dreams left put your hands together and help me welcome Senator Bernie Sanders? Thank you for raising what is an enormously important issue, not just for the... a national housing crisis. Under my plan, we will establish a national rent control standard. There's only one problem with rent control. It is a giant failure. That giant failure is rooted in a very simple lie. The lie that landlords are capable of extracting extraordinary rent from tenants out of sheer greed. That's not true. Your landlord can't just charge you any amount that he wants to charge you because you will move. You won't just keep living there and paying extraordinary rents if there's an apartment building across the street charging you lower rents for the same property. As rents rise, developers also typically seek to develop more rental units. It's supply and demand. 
If I can charge a lot of money for rent, then I myself will build another building, or retrofit an old building, or convert condos into apartments, or a developer opponent will do the same thing. As the demand rises, the supply will rise to meet it. Landlords aren't any different from grocery store owners. They can only charge what the market will bear. They have to compete with the other landlords. The big problem is rent control drives scarcity. What you end up doing is removing the profit incentive for people to come in and build new apartments. Supply drops. Rents rise in all the non-rent-controlled apartments. As even the Liberal Brookings Institute says, while rent control appears to help current tenants in the short run, in the long run, it actually decreases affordability, it fuels gentrification, and it creates negative spillovers on the surrounding neighborhood. Nobody builds new apartments. So here's the thing. Government will subsidize affordable housing. Okay, so you subsidize the affordable housing. What do you think happens next? Well, nobody wants to live next to the affordable housing, so they leave. But then the tax base decreases. So then you have to raise the taxes on everybody who's left. But then more people leave. And then the tax base decreases again. This is how you drive people out of California. When Cambridge, Massachusetts unleashed its rents after decades of rent control, the result was a massive uptick in property values. As Brookings noted, rent-controlled properties create substantial negative externalities on the nearby housing market, lowering the amenity value of these neighborhoods and making them less desirable places to live. When you get rid of the profit margin for landlords, landlords have no interest in increasing their costs. They stop, in many cases, even doing basic maintenance on their buildings. All of this very often makes the apartments worse for tenants because it turns out when landlords don't care about the condition of the buildings because they lose money taking care of the problems, well, tenants are the ones who suffer. Rent control leads people to stick around in apartments they don't need just because they're getting a deal. So let's say that you have a family of four. They get a rent-controlled apartment and the two kids each have their own bedroom. Well, over time, your kids go to college, they move out. You're gonna get rid of that apartment? Now, normally, you might get rid of the apartment because the rent would be so high, why would you keep paying for extra bedrooms that you are not using? But because rent control artificially lowers the price that you are paying for the apartment, people keep sticking around that giant apartments are being occupied by fewer people than need the giant apartment. And the next family that has several kids can't actually get into the apartment because you're still there. This only strains supply even more. According to one study, over one-fifth of all rent-controlled apartments in New York City are occupied by tenants who have the wrong number of rooms for the size of their family. There are two ways that the left tries to handle the problem of rents being too high. One is that they will pass laws that prevent developers from building more units because they don't actually want their own property values to drop, and then they will subsidize government-owned affordable housing. This leads to this vast income gap between the people who can afford to live in a city and the people who can't afford to live in a city, and there's nobody in between. The second way they have found is with rent control. You wanna know why San Francisco is now all high-tech entrepreneurs and homeless people? Rent control is a big part of that story. Yet in California, Democrats are actually trying to unleash rent control across major cities. Last year, they put it on the ballot. Proposition 21 will allow cities and counties to expand rent control throughout California, which limits how much- Even Californians weren't dumb enough to vote for it. In New York, the city council considered a rent control proposal that would heavily restrict landlords' ability to move rents in response to markets. Economists broadly agree on the stupidity of rent control. Everybody, I mean everybody, from Thomas Sowell to Paul Krugman, understands that rent control is an idiotic idea. But rent control, like raising the minimum wage, is a bad idea that never dies. It's always easy to rip on greedy landlords. It's always a lot tougher to recognize that getting rid of landlords doesn't make rent free. It just means that nobody builds apartment buildings anymore and there are no more apartments available to rent. If cities actually wanted to make housing more affordable, there are some things that they could do. The easiest thing would be to remove development regulations. 
In fact, the cities that have some of the worst rent issues are the most heavily regulated cities. Places like Seattle make it incredibly difficult to build new housing. Los Angeles, incredibly difficult. San Francisco has been rated the most overregulated city in terms of real estate in America. LA is in the top 10. Riverside is in the top 10. Is it any wonder you see 150,000 homeless people in California these days? In the aftermath of COVID, a lot of folks on the left have been saying, look, for like a year, we just blew out the rents. We just said you didn't have to pay your rent. And it worked out just fine. That only works so long as people on the other end know they will eventually get the rent. Otherwise, nobody builds new housing units. I have friends who have stopped buying into the residential real estate market specifically because they are afraid that the government is going to start forgiving mortgages and the government is going to start forgiving rent. Once that happens, no developer in their right mind would put money into this process. The American people are catching on. Bernie is not doing this out of ignorance. Bernie is doing this because he actively believes that utopia is right around the corner so long as he ignores basic realities. We have introduced a sweeping housing proposal. There is no connection between what he is proposing and solving the problem. Rent control itself is a bad liberal policy. It makes no sense. It reduces the ability to build new housing units. So I think the lesson that I learned is if you have the guts to tell the truth, the American people will respond and other politicians. Rent control has failed everywhere it's been tried, from New York City to San Francisco. If you enjoyed that audio-only version of Debunked, you will love the video version. And this episode is just the tip of the iceberg. Get the entire first season available right now, exclusively at The Daily Wire. The show looks fantastic, it has a documentary feel, and there are some great visuals. Plus, you can get my show notes with links and resources to all of the data used, all in one place, when you're a member. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use promo code Debunked for 20% off.